You're listening to Asians Represent, a series on the OneShot Podcast Network. I'm your host, Daniel Kwan, and this episode is brought to you by our amazing supporters on Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash aznsrepresent for exclusive content, show notes, and more. This is the season finale of Asians Represent. This is, this is episode 75 of the show. And we're going to keep it nice and light because times have been really tough health-wise, personal-wise, everything. The world is a dark place, and sometimes it's important for us to just chill out. Sometimes it's important for us to chill out. And I have had, I am experiencing like the biggest sort of, I don't know if it's a literal or psychological adrenaline dump that I have ever had before. Like, so yesterday I was at the hospital. Oh, goodness. And for, for, for good, good reasons, reasons okay. for good reasons. Good reasons, good reasons. This is a, a story with a happy ending. So Emma knows this, but I have had a like a lifelong tree nut allergy. And an this is like one. an intense one. I can die. Um, and what happened was last November, I was like, you know what? I'm going to book it a test just to see if I've outgrown any of my allergies. So the, when you go in, the first thing you do is you do a skin test where they take all of these like the allergens or the proteins from all of these different common things. And they take a little needle and they basically put a drop of that liquid on your skin and then they stab your skin. So it goes under the skin. And so what I typically do is I do the, the, the tree nuts. I can eat peanuts, but I can't eat tree nuts. And they measure the size of the hives you get. And so it's like, ah, oh, pistachios. The hive is like two inches in diameter. Oh, dear like, God. It's fucking uncomfortable. You have to sit there and watch them grow. It Ugh. sucks. And it's like pistachios, Brazil nuts, like cashews, all massive hives. Um, first time I did, they started, they, they were so big, they overlapped each other. I know um, I've said this before, but it's unfortunate because I think those are the best nuts. <laughs> Pistachios and cashews? Oh, my God. So everybody has told me. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Meanwhile, me over here like, eh, not really really about that nut life. Don't don't understand them. But anyways, did the test. The the usual suspects were huge and uncomfortable. But almonds, walnuts, and hazelnuts had minimal reactions. Hmm. And so because of that, my immunologist was like, do you want to challenge those allergies? And I said, I would like to speak to the allergy manager, please. Yes. <laughs> and so I book an appointment at the local life labs and I get blood drawn and I have to go and get tested for all these different allergens. Um, thank goodness for healthcare. <laughs> um, I go get tested and I, get the results and they're just a whole bunch of numbers i'm not 100 percent sure how to interpret these numbers i look it up on google like i'm some sort of doctor um and the numbers for almonds and walnuts and half of the hazelnut enzymes were like in a low enough threshold that i might not be allergic so i ask the immunologist to book a follow-up and they don't respond to me for like two months and they're like, okay, here's your follow-up. And it, 
I had to wait from December all the way till yesterday, the 20th of July, to get that follow-up. Um, no, no. It was until April. I went in, and for 15 minutes, he looked at the numbers just like I did, and he said, hazelnuts, you're probably still allergic. I was like, shit, no Nutella for me. But walnuts and almonds, there is a chance that you could challenge this further. The immunologist said the numbers, which are basically like zero to whatever, right? The numbers are so low and they were under 0.4, indicating that there is a low chance of a reaction. And I said, that's great. But he said, it's a low chance for a reaction, but it's no indicator as to the severity of the reaction. Right. So he said, would you like to challenge this? And I said, absolutely. What do I do? I like that it's called challenge. Like, yeah, it's called a, it's called an it's called an oral Honestly, challenge. It's a it's a it's a good language. I think it, it puts you in that. That's good language. Outside. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so what I had to do was I had to find almond butter, but it had to come from a place that didn't manufacture other nut butter. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, walnut butter is impossible to find in Canada. Yeah, because like, who wants that? <laughs> yeah so yeah it's true it's true and the doctor said to do the walnut one you have to basically find a friend who's willing to help you make walnut paste because i'm not going to tell you to grind up walnuts in your home because there's still a chance that you could have a severe reaction so able to find almond butter and so yesterday over the course of two hours i ate four tablespoons of almond butter Four tablespoons of almond butter. That shit's so. That's all I ate in that two-hour period, and it was the most unclinical experience of my life. <laughs> because I went in, and I had to sign a waiver and did all this stuff, and then I was like, "Is there like a room that I can do this in? Do you have like a spoon that you I can measure this out in?" Because I was supposed to start with like a quantity of the, the size of a grain of rice, and then just keep doubling it. And they were like, "No." She has a plastic fork and a tongue depressor oh, yeah. and a little little cup. And I was like, they were like, you could go do it in the lobby. And I was like, if I go and do it in the lobby, what if there was somebody out there with an almond allergy? So they're like, well, you could go in the hall. So I'm sitting in the hallway with my partner. And I've just got this thing of almond butter. And I'm trying to measure it out as precisely as possible with a fork. <laughs> and I'm basically, we started like, oh, one prong at a time. And it had four prongs. And it was, that said, after two hours, my stomach was full of almond butter and I'm not, I wasn't dead. So I can eat almonds now. Congratulations. But I never want to eat almond butter again. Not just do yeah. chocolate with almonds. It's usually pretty good. I can eat chocolate covered almonds. I want to try macarons because they use almond flour and they look really cool. So I want to try one of yeah. those. And I really want to try Chinese almond cookies. Oh, Desperately yeah. want to try a Chinese almond cookie. So that'll I need happen. I to look it up, but I think it's just with, what is it called? That almond paste? Well, I, like, I don't know. I'm not an expert on almonds anymore. Maybe someone in chat could help me out. It's like a dessert. It's sometimes used to like 
cover things or whatever. Anyways, because almonds are really tough to grow and take a lot of water and things can go wrong, you do have to watch for some things that would be traditionally baked with almonds are actually made with, I think, uh, apricot pits instead. Oh, interesting. Because they were related. Yes. So, I don't know. I'll have to look out for that stuff too then. If the almond's fine, it's probably not a big deal, but there are relatives that are used as replacements for almond stuff. Good to know. But that yeah. said, the flight to Big Bad Con, I'll have chocolate-covered almonds as a snack. I still feel like you probably shouldn't do that. I could do this. Like on a flight, but... I could do this. I could do this. I'm going to have an emergency in the middle of the flight, show up to Big Bad Con and be stretching me out. Yeah, Emma, you can EpiPen me. That's true. I used to be your designated EpiPen person. Yeah, you can can EpiPen me. So it's all good. Um, But yeah, that's my like big news. That's my big news. I can eat almonds. It's life-changing. At work today, I was dead. I was dead because I had like the stress building up to yesterday and then I just crashed all morning. And then this afternoon, I just hit this hardcore hyper focus. At the end of the day, I was like, I got like three days worth of work done. What is going on? I'm now seeing the, you know, in Gundam Seed, when they go into the hyper focus mode, you see the seed. But it's an all that. <laughs> it's an all that, yeah. That, that is... And then, so I, at the end of the day, I was talking to one of the members of the leadership team in my department and I was like, dude, I just, I just like zoned in on this work. And he's like, on the Slack, he was like, I bet it was the almonds. <laughs> I bet it was the almonds. So the whole thing is like, I'm now powered by almonds and almonds are like the thing, the key to my productivity. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super hyped to eat what I've been told is the worst of the nuts. It's the blandest of the nuts, the most vanilla of the nuts. Vanilla. Yeah, Some might say the D and D of the nuts. Vanilla. Vanilla is its own flavor, and it is a good flavor. It is just a mild flavor. There's nothing wrong. It's with the that. mild flavor. Almonds um, are all right. Also, yeah. I was trying to think of was marzipan. Oh, marzipan. Yeah. Marzipan. Anyways, almonds are kind of mid. <laughs> <laughs> they're not the worst. But I, they're not I have, great. I have never heard you say mid before. Oh, now I'm trying to think of if I've ever said it before. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, a whole lot of firsts here, guys. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of firsts. First almond, first yeah. use of the word mid in a sentence, in that con- in that youthful context. I'm glad you're just not so allergic to some things now, because Keep, yeah. that was always stressful being in a situation you, in also. which less things in this universe will murder you is, yeah. is right. a cause for celebration. I feel invincible. Also, if you want to grind it up walnuts, I study ground starchy foods. And you want to make me a walnut? You want to make me a walnut paste? Because I have a follow-up appointment where I have to eat walnuts on the... On Wednesday, August 23rd. Do you mind if it's ground up with replica archaeological tools? <laughs> as long as there's no other nuts in there, good to go. Honestly, I need to Maybe somehow... just a little grit, but like I just no need to other figure nuts. out how to... I'm not, I shouldn't be allergic to grit. So, cool. um, yeah, I need to eat <laughs> walnuts, and I think it's going to be an even grosser experience because there's no walnut butter, so it's just going to be 
manually processed walnuts. It's going to be meal. Yeah. Yeah. Like the doctor also suggested, oh, you could just grind up walnut into like a powder and then you could slowly adjust the powder over two hours. And I'm like, I'm not eating a a tablespoon of walnut powder in one go. You also grinding up just plain walnuts will not get a powder. You'll get a meal or paste because they're oily. Okay, this is just plant bio. We don't need to do this. Oh, that's true. Actually, are... short, it's going to be butter-esque because walnuts are pretty oily. You okay. should Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll talk because this is important. The, the doctor did say, find someone who can do it for you outside of your home. Oh, yeah. I can, <laughs> I can grind you some walnuts. Grind me some walnuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a couple of non-nut related <laughs> now, the, now, the, now the listeners would have listened to like daniel's 20 minute rant about almonds um we have a couple of asians represent related uh announcements first one i believe the entire asians represent team except for jeremy will be at big bad con Yay. uh sorry jeremy but jeremy's jeremy's gonna be moving um but yeah, we're all going to be at Big Bad Con. We are doing a whole bunch of panels. Uh, we're going to be running games. We're going to be just like hanging out. Uh, I will have dyed hair again. So, oh, uh, it won't be as it. it won't be blue like Liana's. Uh, I will have to like do something different. But every Big Bad Con I've gone to, which is one Big Bad Con, I have dyed my hair. So I will continue that. So closer to when Big Bad Con is happening, I will do a poll in our Discord. Uh, for my new hair color. It will be a single color. I'm not going to do what Drew did. Drew has like a two color thing. I'm just going to do a single color. Um, and I'm very excited about that. So we will be at Big Bad Con. We will be easily recognizable. We will be masked. And we, will, we are going to be very excited to like see everyone there. I am I'm just hyped. This is the first time I'm going to travel outside of the country since before the pandemic. Yeah, me too. This will so. also be my first big bad con, my first larger con in general. Well, you've been to Fan Expo. Yeah, I just haven't been to yeah, San but... Francisco in like half a decade. So that's so cool. But I'm, ex- I'm excited to get to uh, hang out with everyone in person. Yeah, we've think, never met in yeah, person. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. crazy. But I don't I think I was in San Francisco. I don't happen to dwell in the, the the like Asians represent Toronto hub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It really is. But we're uh we're slowly growing and now we're in the UK, we're in Canada, we're in the United States. Look at us. We're 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 branching out. One other thing that will be really great to uh to recognize is that some of us will have Asians represent apparel. I made an Asians represent hat. And it is super cute. It's super cute. It works really well. I can't hear anybody. But it's this cute five panel hat. And it's got the little dragon logo. It's adorable. Oh my God, you look like an Asian uncle. Yeah. Look, if you, you're going to see me walking around the convention, my hands are going to be behind my back, and I'm just going to be like wandering. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to be at Big Bad Con. I'm going to be rocking this hat and dyed hair, so I guess it'll cover. Well, who knows? We're going to have a really good time, and I'm just excited to meet people. Uh, yeah, I'll be bringing recording gear. We're going to be sitting in the lobby recording 
No Dice No Problem, Recording Asians Represent. I believe we've also requested the use of the media room at Big Bad Con. So we're going to be doing a ton of stuff. I'm very excited. Uh, and hopefully, Liana, you and I will play test Wandering Blades. Yes, that is definitely, that is definitely a thing yeah. to do. Um, other announcement, any awards, you can vote right now for the any awards. Lots of folks who have been on Asians Represent uh, are nominated for Ennies. Uh, I went through the list, and these are the ones that I found, uh, starting with Avatar, <laughs> Avatar Legends. Um, we are nominated for Best Family Game and Best Rules. Uh, Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel is nominated for Best Adventure. Um, and one other one has Product. Um, that has Pam, Bashir, and a couple of others who have been on the show. Uh, Hunter the Reckoning 5th Edition uh, is also in Best Rules. So Pam and I are competing. Um, Women Are Werewolves is nominated for Best Layout and Design. That's Yunsu, uh, Julian Kim, who worked on Avatar as well. And the Wild Sea RPG is nominated for Best Writing. Uh, and that's Ryan Khan, another Toronto person. Uh, so there are opportunities for Uneni to come back to Toronto. So I'm super excited. Uh, this is also Ryan's first any nom. Uh, so I'm really hoping that Ryan gets it. And Wild Sea is just a cool project. And I know Ryan is super passionate about it. Great person, too. Great person. Very good designer. Um, but that's it for like Asians Represent News. This is the finale. We're just chilling. We're just chilling. We were gonna we're gonna answer some questions. We could start with like a heavy question if you folks want. Sure. We have two questions. Okay. The heavy question, they're both from Kat. Uh, the heavy question is what do you think was the biggest event slash story slash discord in TTRPGs that occurred during this season of the podcast? So this season of the podcast, just so we are, are clear, is basically March to now. So that means the OGL is not included in that. I was going to say, like, do we have a list? Yeah. Do we have a list? <laughs> Can we multiple choice this one? No, you got you to gotta pick. There, there I'm were trying to remember what couple... all happened specifically in this band. That's part of the problem. So I would think the first big piece of like TTRPG discourse was obviously Summit. Right. Uh, the D&D oh, Creator yeah. Summit, because that happened in April. Um, the second one was the Diana Jones Awards. Right. Uh, that was another one. And then the third one, I don't really think that's really discourse, but it is a story. Uh, and it was a significant event in the OSR world, and that's the, uh, the end of Thousand Thousand Islands, which is very sad. Um, those are like the three that I can think of right now. I know. Yeah, those are the three main those, ones. I would absolutely say the D&D Summit. Um, yeah. The amount of frustration and vitriol mm -hmm. and how the rage was directed. Uh, I have things to say about yeah. this. Okay. Yeah. So, um, from a just me as an outsider, but as a business-oriented woman, um, it was very clear to me that this was a PR event. They were bringing in a bunch of influencers. Uh, it was a attempt to smooth over some of the OGL kerfluffle. Um, but uh, what it showed us, in my opinion, 
is that the D&D fan base is currently and will probably remain for the foreseeable future angry and untrusting of the parent company. Uh, trust was broken and that is not easy to repair. What it also showed us is that because they are angry, that anger is going to boil over and it will uh, it will hit whoever is in its path. What it also also showed us is that Wasi does not really seem to be particularly concerned if that rage spills over and hits their content creators. Uh, I was quite frankly very disappointed with how little they stood up for the content creators that they put in the line of fire. And as someone who has worked in PR adjacent things, who has journalism background, uh, I refuse to believe that there were not people on the Watsi team who didn't anticipate that that was going to happen. Um, and whether or not they raised concerns, whether or not they were ignored, the fact of the matter is I have considerable confidence that Watsi at least had knowledge that that backlash was quite possible and chose to do nothing about it, even during the time in which it was happening. So I would pick that yeah. one uh, for just kind of the horrific conditions and ugliness that it exposed writ large. Okay. How, how about you, Emma? I would choose Summit too because of the amount of time and space and just how far it went. And like the uproar started when it was announced while well, it kept going while it was happening kept going after it was done <laughs> and yeah it just it was a big one yeah i i'm actually really torn uh i'm i'm torn between that and the diana jones awards mm. uh not that i blame anyone in particular but i think you know a like the diana jones awards they need to reevaluate like what qualifies as a candidate for certain things. It might be a good idea um, to kind of run through it just for people who weren't as. Yeah. So, so the Diana Jones awards, they announced their emerging designers. So it's not the Diana Jones proper. They announced their emerging designers and there are a whole bunch of great creators. And one of them is Anthony Joyce Rivera, who, who I know who is like a peer who I've worked with, um, uh, who is, a, who is a U.S. military strategist. And, um, that a lot of people who like were very understandably upset about that. Um, and through this discourse came a lot of, we basically saw like what is essentially like a civil war within TTRPGs. I won't say the community because on Twitter, we are not a community. I'll be straight up. We're not a community. For a bunch um, of people who scream at each other. Yeah, basically, their lines were drawn, and people were just like yelling at each other and like pulling up personal shit about people, and it was like like deeply like it got deeply personal. Um, people who did not deserve to be attacked got attacked. Other winners of the de that emerging designer award got no recognition for their achievements, mm -hmm. which I thought was like a huge shame. Um, so I'm kind of torn because on one end, I think a lot of people's very justified achievements were like fell under the radar and, and people work hard and should be recognized for their work. The other end, Summit 
was such an interesting one for me because, and I've been really public about this, and we did that whole episode with Nala, Steve and I, the harassment people received was like awful. And it was also really disappointing to see certain people who have a lot of influence kind of starting or kind of facilitating a lot of that negativity. Um, On the other end, and I was clear about this on the podcast too, I think Wizards was very transparent about what Summit was supposed to be. Summit was not supposed to be a forum for like, let's talk about feedback and make big change in the industry. No, it was an influencer event. Like, I think it's very clear in the emails. We, we shared the emails in the podcast episode. Um, so if you folks want to like kind of go and listen to that, um, that's episode 68 of the podcast. But I would say like the big story was like associated with it was just like how this sort of misunderstanding and how this hatred for content creators and the label content creators really kind of came to the surface uh, with that event. Um, So I don't know. I'm torn between the two. The one I'm most saddened about is Thousand Thousand Islands because I think it is an incredible product. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. And I I think none of us, unless except for the parties involved, will ever really know the truth. Uh, I like to think maybe it sits somewhere in between. Um, But it's, it's a shame because it's probably one of the greatest works of writing and art in TTRPGs, in my opinion. It's certainly one of the the most interesting and innovative Asian creations in TTRPGs. Uh, and so I'm really sad because I'm just, I'm a huge fan. And I think anybody ever wants to see something like that happen to any any creator uh, that, they, that they know and respect. Um, so... It, it, it's a shame. Um, it's it's a real shame, and uh, especially after you know, Reach of the Roach God just just came out. Literally, Drew and I did an episode of No Dice No Problem, and I was glowing about having just received it, and like a couple of days later, it happened. Um, so, it, what a bummer! Um, but I am hoping that we won't have any more discourse in TTRPGs until next year. Nothing, please. Nothing you realize, will at least you nothing something's will... gonna explode like tomorrow now because you said that. Like you heard it here first. Yeah, folks. Like, Daniel, Daniel nothing on nothing on nothing until we're back. Nothing until we're back. Nothing sure while we're on break. I just I just the I last time we went on break, they dropped the whole species thing, <sighs> and so we came back and did a quick recording about that. Well, I just jinxed. Yeah, you absolutely jinxed. Um, well, yeah, of course you did. <laughs> I, I, I am the, and, and Mar- uh, the, I'm the arbiter of now, discourse. Like, I'm, I'm stating this now. I will. I will absolutely 100 call you on production chat when uh, when something, when something happens. happens. It's like you did this. Yeah. You did this. <laughs> I did this. I I have to blame. Year annually, Daniel must do one thing to upset the community. This time. He invoked the discourse. Um, <laughs> God, no. I just I just want things to just go smoothly until Big Bad Con. Because That'd be I, nice. I just want to see my I would, I would like it to go smoothly beyond Big Bad Con. Because if it goes smoothly up until Big Bad Con, that implies that something at Big Bad Con happens to create discourse. Through, yes. I want it, things to go smoothly through yes, Big yes, Bad there Con. We go. There we go. 
I, I want to record No Dice, No Problem, Daniel and Drew Go to Alcatraz. That is the episode I want to do. Um, we're going to record on the ferry to Alcatraz. That's right. It's good. It's Somehow. all just going to be wind sounds. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it's going to be and the seagulls. whole time. And seagulls. We, Daniel and Drew record a podcast with a seagull. That'd be great. You can do it. We'll just get Drew holding like breadcrumbs and we're just going to like get a lot of That's a good to way to get us. your fingers bitten, by the way. Yeah. Daniel and Drew lose a finger. Hashtag content. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just, I'm excited. That was, that was the serious question. Uh, the less serious question was like, what's a goal that you each have during the upcoming break? Rihanna, I was going to say, was it like to, to beat Final Fantasy 16? But you've probably already, already done that. already beaten Final Fantasy 16. Thank you. Um, it was okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm definitely contemplating an episode on it. Um, because I think... I think Final Fantasy 16 shows a lot of... It's a very interesting study in ways in which the um, Creative Business Unit 3 is and is not mature. And how important mm. the 14 writing crew, who they did not import into 16, is in infusing stories with a certain heart that I think 16 couldn't consistently capture. Um, and additionally, it shows a lot of blind spots in terms of its treatment of women and its general handling of slavery narratives. Uh, it's very interesting. It's very messy. It's... It's not sticking with me in any ways that like Final Fantasy Tactics has stuck with me. Um, mm. I, I enjoyed my time with it. Uh, I think my overall impression, though, did end up being slightly on the negative side overall. As Emma would say, it was kind of mid. I don't even want to call it mid because that's the thing. Like, and and as I get to do more of my anime episodes, you'll hear me say this a lot. I would rather something shoot for the fences, like start for the fences and fall down than something just be average and uninteresting. Um, to me, real art should be messy. It should be, well, not real art, but like good art should be messy. It should make you think. It should engage you. And 16 succeeded wildly in doing all of that my overall impressions in its final execution were negative leaning, but mm. I still can acknowledge that it did do some good things. It had some very interesting things going on. The combat system was very fun. Um, there's, there's a lot to like, and there's a lot to dislike. And I would much rather play a game like that than a game that's just like acceptably good, but kind of, you know, safe Fair. and boring. Fair, you want to play a game that takes risks, tries to innovate? But anyway, my, my real answer to the question, though. <laughs> yeah, so what are you going to do during uh, the break? I'm going to try and uh, get uh, most of the text done for Valor, Villains, Creatures, and Foes. Because uh, I want... Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I want that out, and I want to start putting together the layouts and art so I can actually release that book. Um, because more books. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Emma, how about you? Uh, well, <laughs> I need to get a new recording set up <laughs> and I don't know. I don't want to say I'm going to do work during this break, but 
you know, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, work. I'm not going to work. Woo! Well, I also have to start prepping for September because I'm teaching new courses and that's just how it goes. I could That's either... exciting. It is exciting. And I don't feel like getting swamped in September and onward. So I'm like going to try and get ahead of the curve. Well, also before Big Bad Con, I want to have more of my Japanese setting worked out. Maybe print a copy and make people look at it, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, a- yeah. absolutely. If you if you want me to look over it, just from a like setting design perspective, I am, I am yeah. super into that. I'm working on my own settings cool. right now. I'm really enjoying it. I'm probably going to be publishing this for you eventually anyway, if that's where you want to go. So I, <laughs> I'd love, I, I would love to work with you on this. Yes. <laughs> you, we, you know what would be really cool is if we did some sort of meetup where it was like a creator meetup and then everybody brought like show a project. Tell. It's like a show and tell. I, we had a club like this. At oh, that'd college, be so cute. I really, really miss it. Okay, let's. I'm going to. I'm going to write this down before I forget. We're going to do a uh, creator show and tell at Big Bad Con. Um, I'm going to submit that literally after we finish recording, um, and that'd be super cool. So, I, the format, Emma, what do you think would be good? Because you, you've got something you want to show. Do you think like? Let's say we have two hours to work with. Does everybody kind of have like 15 minutes? What is it? Do you want it to be presentation or just casual mingle and talk about what you're doing? I I think there's... So in the past at Big Bad Con, they did this like uh, peer mentoring thing where they paired you up with other people. Okay. Um, I don't want it to be as formal as that. It could just you be... You want it to be like speed dating, but you sit down and you one-on-one talk to each other about what you're doing it could be really cute i I have i actually have a proposal it could be really cute okay is it just um is it just like feedback looking at stuff um like you could you could what you could do is you could get everyone to submit kind of their their project blurbs um oh yeah and then give them like a card or something uh and just like release the list and let them just kind of move between tables and mingle so everyone's got a little placard saying it's like here's my project i just like a science yeah, fair yeah science fair yeah oh like a science fair i i think there needs to be movement i don't want it i wouldn't want to do like a presentation like style a conference because, yeah because like yeah i'm too used to academic conferences and teaching so i would be overthinking this extremely i just need me... to get comfortable showing people what i've been working yeah. on a part of me wants to make sure that if somebody attends this, everybody gets attention. Yeah. I don't want someone to not get any attention because there is something that people perceive as hotter or whatever. So I want to make sure that everybody gets attention. I like the idea of design speed dating. <laughs> I really like the idea well, and of that. Like, tell me, tell me what you're working when on. I, yeah. So when I, uh, when I did in college, uh, when I was part of the Creator Society, something we actually did, and this might not be a bad take on it, because um, we would just show up and we would all kind of collectively work on stuff uh, and talk about our projects. So what you could do, potentially, is have people bring their project and also like something that they're seeking feedback on. So as people 
come in, they sit down at their tables, they have their project and they're there kind of like, this is supposed to be something of a working meeting. So you go through yeah. and you can talk to your peers and get feedback on like, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm trying to accomplish. And this is what I brought today with hopes that you can help me resolve this. It's like something you're stuck. I, on. Yeah. Like a, like a, so what, like for wandering blades, I would be like, I want to bring the combat right. system. I want to talk about that. And so you get like a certain amount of time. Like I get 10 minutes to explain. You get 10 minutes to, to like ask questions and give feedback. And then we switch and everybody gets basically 20 minutes per rotation. Mm -hmm. And the, the idea being, we can, well, the idea being that everyone at this table, you sit down, you talk about your stuff and then you give each other feedback and you start like discussing it because you're bringing, you're bringing like so, a problem. So it's not a one-on-one. -on -one. It's not a one-on-one. -on -one. It's, it's a, a round, round table. table. Yeah. So you have a bunch of different tables and you kind of split people up. If you have the projects coming, like this, this kind of constrains it, but I don't think this is necessarily a bad idea. Um, if everyone submits their project and their problem beforehand, then the moderators can kind of assign people to tables uh, to try and put people with kind of like projects together so they can yeah. talk to peers about it. And in doing so, all, all y'all introverts will be forced into a situation in which you are required to converse in a small group that you're going to be with for the entire two hours so you can kind of get to know these people around and then maybe have, maybe have like the last half hour be like a table report out where everyone can. I really like that. I like this format because I also think it's something we can do in the discord. Oh, server. absolutely. Yeah. Cause the only issue with this is the, the behind the scenes organizing part that we'll have to take on if we're doing this. Yeah. So we'll try it out and we can limit like the amount of people who can attend. I'm just going to submit. I'm going to shotgun blast submissions. <laughs> yeah, you, we'll you've, see. Been, you've been throwing if ideas you, just like against the wall. I'm, I'm like throwing like different deli meat cold cuts at the glass, hoping that it'll stick. Oh, don't do that. Yeah, I used to me. work in a deli. That, that still makes me shudder to this day. But if you want, I could type out a proposal <laughs> for you. Um, based on well, we could, yeah. yeah, we... It might even be better if you submit it because I've submitted so many things. I can do that. Yeah, so that's fine. Yeah. Okay, so we got that. That is super cool. I don't even know how we got to... Oh, this is what we want to do during our break. I mean, yeah. Not anything. For me during the break, I I have a couple of things. One, we're still doing No Dice, No Problem. Uh, Drew and I are going to try to do when we're off Asians Represent by like two two episodes a month of No Dice, No Problem. It's super easy. The last one we talked about like land sharks <laughs> <laughs> and Shark Week. Amazing. Um, it's I I hope that folks who tune into Agents Represent are also enjoying No Dice No Problem because it's not really heavy. We're not really talking about the discourse. We're not talking about something that's like super racist or problematic. We're just like shooting the shit. Um, and it's refreshing. It's really refreshing. And it's good for me. And I think it's healthy for me to do because it's very low pressure, very low pressure. Um, yeah, I, we're going to be doing more of that. Um, obviously, I want to refine more Wandering Blades uh, for Big Bad Con. And I would like to actually record a pilot of Dungeons and Asians Wandering Blades uh, for us. Yeah. Uh, I have already, in our Notion board, uh, I have already laid out um, a six-episode season. Um, and I have 
already like fully like put together the first two episodes and I'm working on the third episode. Um, but I am planning for a six episode uh, mini series or season called Wandering Blades, Revenge of the Mountain Orchid. Episode one is called Death of the Old Master. Episode two is called Retribution. Episode three is called Ancient Knowledge, followed by Race to Monkey Valley, followed by Beyond the Veil. And the finale is called Primordial Fire. Um, and I am very hyped. Um, very hyped for this. I have, we're going to follow the format of adding cast members as we go. And the first episode will start with Drew and Steve as like the PCs. Um, I wanted to pick like two people with like two different personalities, uh, playing two characters who we've already talked to about. Um, and then Liana is going to play another character that's going to come in at around episode three. Uh, and I'm super, super excited about it uh, for for other reasons I that Liana and I know about. I can't believe you're permitting me to be as shamelessly self-indulgent with this character as you are. What? It's a good character. Do you want to talk about your character? Little spoilers? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, I don't want to give spoilers, though. Uh, but she would be a... Uh, okay, you could talk about how self-indulgent I'm letting you be. Uh, um, char- what am I willing to say? Okay, uh, character-wise, she is a a traveling, as she puts it, kind of adventure kind of dabbling in apothecary and healing um who is quite literally carrying a a a giant case that she has chained to her back uh as her penance as she puts it um and i get to deal with that and what that means and also make it a trans narrative so that's fun yeah i'm very excited for your character um very, very excited for your character. I'm just hyped because, like, we've all, I've already playtested Wandering Blades at Breakout Con once. It were it runs really, really well. Yeah, it went really well. I'm gonna lay out everything ahead of Breakout Con, and it's just a matter of like refining the classes. But our base system is done. We have our base system, and the combat is extremely fast, fluid, deadly. I'm. It's everything that I want out of a game. And I'm excited that I get to design a very violent game with Liana, who also has like different, yeah, yet similar design sensibilities to me. I, I'm really excited. I'm the one who's like, Daniel, this is too random and not narratively satisfying. Rain it yeah, in. I'm just like, our our design relationship is actually the perfect one for how my brain works because in like the middle of the night, I'll send Liana a message and I'll be like, "What do you think of this paragraph?" <laughs> and then Liana will be like. No. <laughs> Here's why. One sentence. And I go, okay, new paragraph, my idea. <laughs> like, it, it's kind of perfect for my brain. <laughs> Honestly, like, um, it's, and that's the thing too, like, I don't, I don't as a general rule, I mean, you've, you've seen Valor and how permissive the system is. I don't like saying no. So like, if you have an idea, I'm going to do my best to help you realize it. <laughs> Unless it's rolled stats, in which case I will fight you to the bitterest, bitterest ends of the earth because I despise randomized character stat generation. Yeah, we, yeah, we we honest we honestly haven't fought over anything like too major. Oh, no. So yeah. it's uh, 
I'm I'm really I'm really excited for people to actually see it because I don't think anybody in the Asians represent sort of community or fan base has seen Wandering Blades because all the people who play tested it had no idea, no idea like who I was, which is great. No idea like about my design work. So they just saw the pitch and were just like, that sounds dope. They Which also is like, saw Steve walk up in cosplay and yeah, that was funny. The document and then drop it and leave. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that was very funny. I'm, um, I'm honestly Steve, just glad that the classes I was putting together uh, seemed to play pretty well. It worked really well. Like, it worked really well. Like the system works in a way where we had a character who was launching like a big ass attack, and it wasn't like GM sort of like flipping around with the rules or whatnot, a player was literally able to use their chi abilities to augment the attack of another player mid-attack as another player was trying to come in to give them an opening with a sword attack. It was very cool. I'm very excited. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be working on that during the break as we do like No Dice, No Problem. And another thing that I, I hope to do that's not related to any work it's not related to any work is I am going to 100% the Marvel Spider-Man game. I go to 100% that game. I beat the main campaign. I've collected everything and done every side mission in the, in the main campaign. And then I realized that because I got the PC version, I have all the DLC. So there are three DLC stories. I have 100% of the first one and I'm 50% through the second one. And I am, so high on this game it is incredible it is incredible um but it is also good because jeremy and i are going to be doing an episode on asian representation in the spider-verse uh in the next season of asians represent there are many asian spider-man characters many um and the vast majority of them are japanese uh it's really funny there are three japanese spider-man characters and they're all on different earths and they all have different powers um actually there's four there's four and they all were published the first one came out in 1978 the second one was in 1997 the third one was 2002 and then the fourth one actually is a new one it came out in 2019 there are four japanese spider-man characters uh, and there, is, I think there are one or two Korean characters, uh, and then obviously there's a an Indian Spider-Man, um, and then there is the white Spider-Man who went to Hong Kong, <laughs> <laughs> in a really awful Spider, a televised Spider-Man live-action movie called Spider-Man: The Dragon's Challenge. Oh, of course, there's a dragon in there somewhere. It's all on YouTube. It has an incredible poster, um, incredible poster. Go watch it because it's really kooky. I got my partner to watch the scene, and it was like Spider Man is chasing after these these gangsters in motorboats down like this Hong Kong canal, and instead of swinging, he's just operating a motorboat as Spider Man. And then when he finds that he's surrounded, he shoots a web up and is like late climbing it with his labored effort. Oh no! It's so bad. So bad. Um, 
Oh God, it's it's awful. But um, Jeremy and I are going to do an episode on that. Um, and playing the uh, Insomniac Spider-Man game has been uh, sort of like a wonderful thing that I've just been doing for myself. I'm glad we're able um, to do a lot more fandom and fun content like this. I think we should. And and that was actually what I wanted to ask you folks, you know, kind of like reflecting on the season. Like, I'd love to know, like, what, you know, you folks are proud of, of you know, achieving on Asians Represent and like what you want to do in the future. Like, obviously, I know, Liana, you and I have talked a lot about doing a lot more like anime content and just gen- general like fandom. Oh, I'm going to make the entirety of the Asian uh, Asians rep fan base sit through my my two hour uh, gushing about romance manga that I like. <laughs> oh, if we're going to talk about romance manga, count me in. I'm here. I am. I am, I, I am barring. I am barring your particular trash because we're going to be talking about. Good I'm not things. talking about my trash. I'm talking about good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm talking are. about like sneak. So about sneak good peek. stuff. I am. I am targeting four series that show really, really good romantic and non-romantic chemistry, and talking about like character chemistry and interactions, and how how these series Kaguya-sama Love Is War, seinen. Um, Horimiya, Shonen, uh, My Love with Yamada at level 999, Shoujo, and then Wotakoi, Jose, um, all show strong character chemistry and just general friendships and how that heart and that care of like making these characters seem like they should be together uh, goes a long way. Um, Have you read A Sign of Affection? I have not yet, but... Will, you should read a sign of affection. Ha, have you read 365 Days to the Wedding? That was that was one I'd actually had my eye on. I've got I've got a backlog. It's, it's so good. It's so good. I it's I think my favorite romance manga that I've read recently. Like I have all of Wotokoi uh, in physical, um, but 365 Days to the Wedding is incredible. Yes, I read trash. Yes, I read Rental Girlfriend Weekly. <laughs> But I also read good stuff. Well, Rent a Girlfriend <laughs> also Weekly at stuff. this point is just waiting to see how bad this train wreck's going. If memory serves, like, oh yeah, I just, I just scroll. I like just you're, scroll. You're, you're watching a train like in slow motion run into something and explode like all the way through, and like that's that's what you're doing when you're reading. Rent-a-girlfriend. No, re- reading Retro Girlfriend is that scene from the more recent X-Men movies when Quicksilver is stopping everybody from dying in slow motion as the mansion explodes. Rent a Girlfriend is that slow explosion, and there's no Quicksilver going to save me, and I'm just watching <laughs> the fire slowly come towards my face. That's what it's like reading Rent a Girlfriend. I feel and like it, you can look at the first page and the last and put together everything that happened in between. It, Literally, it truly, at, in the first it chapter, it tells you that they get together. The new love it tells Dina. you that they get together. Amazing. Oh how dare you? How dare you put those I, two together? I, I they are on different levels. Hina. I have um, all of Love Hina and Fisco over you there. Do. And yet, <laughs> and yet, Love Hina 2 permits you to read the first and the last chapter and generally get what's where it's going. Oh, yeah. Love Hina I was have, just much yeah. profoundly more optimized, we shall say. Yes, it was. <laughs> it, it, it was. It was an optimized short 14 volume story. 14 volume. Oh my god. It's 14 volumes and then there was the anime and a Christmas special. I think I only got halfway through the manga. 
She becomes an archaeologist. I mean, like, end. I'm not in position to talk because I, I, I will, I will profusely expound upon how much I love Kaguya-sama. But also, Kaguya-sama actually has good arcs within it that are worth paying attention to. Yes. Yes, 100%. 100%. It is very like good. I'm excited for us to talk about that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's going to be good. Another one that I, I read a little bit of and I thought was pretty decent was um, My Happy Marriage. Uh, I know that one is now an anime. That's airing this um, season, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. Um, the manga is is pretty good. I read a lot more romance manga than I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's your thing. <laughs> it, yeah, it kind of is. Also, I, I was checking because I knew we were going to talk about anime for this episode or this finale. This is one thing I'm kind of bummed about. Free rent airs when we're at Big Bad Con. Oh. Why would you be bummed about this? We can do a watch party in a hotel room. We could do a watch party. Are we? So I was thinking about that. Are we able? I don't think we could advertise a watch party. No. No, I'm talking about like, a, like uh, just us. A private watch like, party. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Done. Okay. Like we will. We will Invite gather in a only. hotel room and we will all watch Free Rent. I have a crunchy yeah, account. I can it. pull it up on my laptop. Oh heck yeah! Okay, yeah. as long as we bring an HDMI cable or something. Yeah, or like um, if it's a smart TV, we can just get the Crunchy app onto it. Possibly. I'm not expecting a smart TV at the hotel, but we should do a private watch party then. Um, I'm very excited then. Okay, cool. I was a little bit like, oh, I'm gonna miss it. I'm just gonna be literally sitting there, and be like, I want to watch Free Run. Yeah, well, you're sitting a bunch of amongst a bunch of Asian nerds who also- I guess. Like I didn't want to assume. <laughs> Asian nerds, the but, nexus yeah. of tech and anime. We it's like, you. oh, Daniel, you've got a panel. Sorry, gonna watch Free Rent in my hotel room. Peace out. <laughs> yeah. um, you, will, you will have to I wait can't. until the end of that day's convention goings on. But we will, we will, we will sit down and we will all watch it on Crunchy and we will have a good time. We can get some takeout. Yes, yes. Sit in hotel yes. beds yeah, and watch anime. <laughs> oh, I'm very excited about that. Then, yes, I just read volume eight of the of the manga. That's the latest English release, and it is so good, so good. I think everybody needs to just read it before the anime comes out. I think it I is, think it next is incredible. Season's going to be really good. The season's kind of lackluster, in my opinion. But part of that yeah. is because a lot of the more interesting things are like zombies which i hate oh i'm reading zom 100 apparently it's really good uh, i just I, it's I very good <laughs> it oh love zombies um yeah zom 100 i think is very good it's basically uh zombie land um but a manga and the anime is super cool there's also a live action at the same time yeah that would be it's good. all very that weird would be to me. Good, uh live action candidate it's very good. It's literally just about a guy who hates his life and then the zombie apocalypse happens and then he's like, oh, wait, I could do whatever the fuck I want. And it's <laughs> and it's literally just him being like, this is my bucket list. A hundred things that I want to do before I become a zombie. And he's just trying to do them. And it's like, there's one story and he's like, I just want to play video games on a big TV. So let's go to a mall in the middle of the zombie apocalypse to try to get a TV and bring it back to our, our like base of operations so him and his buddy can go get a TV to play games on. And they're just not dying. Um, I really like it. I think it's cool. The art is really, really well done. Um, there are a lot of not so good, like zombie manga series. 
Uh, but I think Zelma. I heard the anime is, is really good too because it's like super brilliant, colorful. Like, yeah, artistic. like all the zombies and the blood. A lot of it is very Technicolor. Um, I really like that. Um, it's worth it's worth watching. But I probably won't watch the anime since I'm reading the manga. At least it's I have Yohane like, the Park yeah. in this year, which is just like they're, they're we're getting like indulgent Kaisen. for the Love Life fandom, but I'm enjoying it. Look, you, you just like what you like. I like Rent a Girlfriend. No, I hate. I, I like to hate Rent a Girlfriend. At least <laughs> Love Live has good music. Yeah, yeah. I think anime music has is. Oof. I've I've been speaking of music. I've Sarah and I. I'm not like a concert person. I'm not a concert person. I don't like big crowds. And we've been talking about like, oh, what's the like. If we were to go to a concert, which one do we feel comfortable going to? And I was like, first of all, like Taylor Swift. Like, I will 100% go Oh, God. To she's, she's in town right now. We are not driving anywhere near Seattle this weekend. I, I am so upset that there are no Canadian tour dates. She did everywhere but Canada. Oh, that sucks. I, I'm, I'm honestly and sorry I, to hear that. I love Taylor Swift. Like, I've been a Taylor Swift fan since Teardrops on My Guitar. Like I, and I would love to go see Taylor Swift, and I would also love to go see Yoasobi live. Those are like the two that I would be like, I'm gonna go into a crowd of people. That that's what I'd be okay with. Um, so in terms of like future content, Liana, to circle back to the question, more fandom stuff. We're gonna do a lot more anime stuff. Um, Emma, is there anything that you want to do on the podcast i know you want to do some like short stuff like hey what is orientalism and, and yeah i've been videos. meaning to do that for a while so uh we're gonna get you new equipment and stuff that. but yeah i've been waiting for a better recording setup to make yeah. it worth doing and yeah i don't know i'm sure there there are topics and things that i'd like to do but honestly haven't thought about it one that i have on the uh on like the calendar is like kaiju 101 oh my god kaiju and i know you love them and i know jeremy does too i grew up with godzilla i think it would be really cool to dive into fandom cultures that inspire ttrpgs because like there are kaiju in tiansha yeah right there are kaiju you see kaiju in a lot of ttrpgs and i think it might be worthwhile to explore like these genres not just in like the jet these japanese entertainment genres i'm talking about like all over the I world i feel like we're gonna need to and, we're gonna need daniel in here to talk about star wars well we gotta talk about star wars but we had, in that case we'd also have to talk about like like the spaghetti westerns and the kurosawa there's so well, there's right? so much uh you could talk about in terms of like things that inspire i mean like even even with D, like if you wanted to just look at D you can find lists of books that were primary inspirations. I know D and D in particular is mostly based on the writings of Jack Vance. I believe the name was like the Vance right. magic. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially because like it, I've heard, I've heard that some of the Tolkien stuff was added more under duress of wanting money than necessarily a desire to put it in. I'd have to look into it because most most of my understanding of D and D's history is actually from like a design perspective, which I know like fairly well. Um, 
I've been writing about that on my Substack. That's like my personal thing, uh, danielhquan.substack.com. Um, but I've been writing about doing this series on like inventing the role playing game and doing a lot of like really, really deep dives into this sort of formative games to D&D's history. Um, and there are a couple. Uh, there's one I'm reading right now called uh, Modern Miniature, um, Modern War in Miniature. And it's the first game to be published that literally has text in the style of a Japanese replay, but written about a war game. And in it, it really emphasized the idea of a referee arbitrating the rules with uh, sort of like a player, but where turns represent a matter of seconds and that kind of decision-making that you see in D&D. So I'm kind of looking into those games. And there's another one called, there's a board game called Wilderness Survival. uh, And it was really influential in the... uh, creation of D&D's early like exploration mechanics and the emphasis on exploration that you see continue into like the OSR right now. Um, so very, very hyped about that. Um, in terms of content that I think I'd want to do, I really just want to make sure that other there's more space for other voices on Asians Represent. Like I like that we're going to do more of your stuff, Liana. Um, I like that we're doing... Once we get your gear, we're going to do shorter content. I'm like super Emma. excited for Emma's content. Like, I'm really excited for that because for I just stuff. want to have shit that I can send people when they ask oh, me yeah. questions. <laughs> what's Orientalism? I want to be able to go to a con and have a QR code and be like, oh, what's Orientalism? Scan this. <laughs> and then to everyone's dismay, I appear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Listen, this is what Orientalism is. The doctor arrives, yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> you, have, you have the doctor in your uh, as your title. They have to listen to you. It's, it's the law. You uh, know, you would think, but... <laughs> I, yeah. So, like, I just, for me, in terms of content, I just want to keep doing what we're doing in terms of, like, No Dice, No Problem. I really love doing that. Um, and I want more voices on Asians represent from, like, our team. I want us to just really dive into what we're passionate about. Um, behind the scenes, I do want to explore the agents represent tech stack to see if we can make it more efficient. Uh, one thing is I want us to have a serious conversation about moving from Twitch over to YouTube, uh, because of the way Twitch is like treating creators. Um, we are like the, the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest little blip. Um, but if we already, do a lot on our YouTube channel. I think it makes sense for us to stream on YouTube. So, okay, let me, let me just say it like this. Uh, The way Twitch is perform is operating is a company in its death throes. Yeah, exactly. So like, I think we need to move over. Diversification is good. Investment in Twitch is probably not a sound business decision going forward. Um, Much like investment into Twitter is not a sound assessment going forward yeah because so we're going gonna to break someday and it's just not going to come back 100 percent. we're gonna go we're gonna lean more into youtube uh like content like the monk sort of review that jackie and i did did really well like i had somebody from watsy message me and be like thank you for your feedback that was really great wow um awesome. yeah so i i want us to do like more of that short form content i want us to do like use youtube shorts um, and I want us to live stream to YouTube instead. Um, 
So a lot of that is just going to be making use of YouTube and hard pivoting away from Twitch is kind of where I'm thinking. I think it'll also be easier because more people have a Google account than they do a Twitch account. So anybody can go and watch. Um, in terms of what you're proud of, was there anything that you two are particularly proud of that we've done on Asians Represent this past season? No, I hate everything we've done. No, the question is what did I actually do? Or us as a collective. You could even say that. Us as a, <laughs> us as a collective. I'll give you time. How about you, Leon? Uh, well, I, my big thing was the 14 episode, which I'm super happy about. Um, yeah, that, that was, was good. I had a lot of fun. I got to kind of start using the, because I know my my style and my format is quite a bit different from, from what we've normally done. And it was a, it was a great opportunity for me to like, I, I know you saw behind the scenes where I was like going through and I was like pulling pictures and I was like, writing writing up uh introductions and trying like i'm i am very organized when i do this kind of thing because i'm i'm like project management is kind of my thing no i make games hi that's what i do um but i really enjoyed doing that because i i felt like we were able to still capture a lot of what makes asians represent great with kind of the conversation with just incredibly smart people um and talking really talking in very nuanced language and, and enjoying all of that, but also, you know, to be able to celebrate something and um, be like, yeah, this isn't perfect, but there's a lot of stuff that we love and, you know, it's, it's fun and it's important to us. So I, I really enjoyed doing that episode and I'm looking forward to doing that again when we talk about romance <laughs> and other stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, um, I think that was one of my highlights. Uh, yeah, I think that was that. And then just like the first anime episode. Oh, does that, does that, I didn't realize that counted as this season. Oh, I don't know if that counts because it wasn't this season. Cause it was yeah, technically like, if, last If we were talking season. all seasons, I would have gone for the anime episodes too. Cause I thought those were episodes. No, okay. No, different. no, it should, it should have been the final fantasy one. It should have been the final fantasy one. Cause that was like episode 73. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm very proud of that one. I'm also very proud of the episode that Agatha led. Um, Agatha led the episode on like homebrewing Asia, but fantasy Korea with Michelle as our guest. Um, very proud of that one. Um, I'm also just, I'm just really happy that we started covering different topics. Uh, I think the episode that I thought was the best one that, that I kind of like, like produced I really liked uh, episode 67. That was the decolonizing TTRPGs episode that I did with Bashir. Uh, and of course, the uh, D&D Creator Summit recap. Because I thought it was... A, I'm really proud of like Steve for helping moderate that conversation. But I'm also proud of Nala for like agreeing to do it and being vulnerable and talking about their experience and how they were feeling about the summit. And how it was just like three people trying to be as objective as possible or at least be clear about how they were feeling about the the summit, which I think between the three of us was like the discourse of the season. Um, yeah, so I think the, those are the things that I'm most proud of. But in general, I'm just happy that we've lasted this long. Asians Represent turned like four years old like two weeks yeah. ago. 
something like that. So I am, and it was completely on, like, I wasn't planning on it. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't even tracking the anniversary of it. It just kind of showed up on like randomly on one of my feeds. I forget what it was. It might've been like my Facebook, like on this day, something happened. Um, but yeah, I got a notification that was like, oh, I made a post about we signed with like the one shot network. Oh, I was yeah. like, holy shit, that happened on that day. Um, because I always thought our anniversary was in August, but August was when we published our first episode. Mm. Um, so I can't believe we've lasted four years, but we can't stop at four years because that's a bad number. We have to yeah, go to five. That's bad um, luck. Well, I will gotta, say, yeah. I guess the big achievement for this season all around then was we changed our production team model. Like Liana and I joined the production team and this was the first season kind of working as this new group. And yeah, not all of the ideas actually appeared this season, but we can easily roll into a season five now and not, and it's not Daniel doing everything. Yes, yeah. I, I, this is, this yeah. is the first time I haven't been like insanely overworked uh, yeah. for Asians represent Asians represent feels easy for me to do good, well, which it hasn't, it has yeah. never felt easy to do. So I'm really, really happy with that. And you know what? Like, we're all going to f- see each other, which is wild. It's like That's, we've we've I'm built so excited. We've built this like little show together that has like an impact on some people. Like, that's all we want. Right. Like, I don't care. Like, we're never going to hit like critical role numbers. And honestly, that's all right. All I care about is Asian represent Asians represent having a positive impact on at least one person daniel you rude dnd every year like yeah. it's true i do ruin dnd every year say they do that no absolutely not they just represent <laughs> that's true you know what dnd because we are that powerful take that critical role take that i this is that moment that then becomes daniel ruining dnd is yeah <laughs> uh, critical role, i love you um <laughs> My ADHD brain can't handle the episodes, but love what y'all are building and have built. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just I'm just happy that we've been able to help at least a handful of people. And I think we're putting out some positivity into the world. I certainly think that we have had a positive impact on the industry. I certainly think that we have. Um, so I I am... And I definitely think that a part of that impact is A, from the conversations we're having, but also B, the voices we're uplifting. I think there are so many more people who either directly or indirectly have entered the industry because of Asians represented. Also announced during the season is just how many people worked on the Tiansha. Oh, it's like ha- half of them yeah. are like Asians represent. Because <laughs> yeah. like... I have a... And so I have a friend who yeah. people noticed. And she like excitedly yeah. uh messaged me, like, hey, 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 did you see that? I was like, Yeah, like half of the Asians rep crew worked on that. She's like, Of course you would know. It's like Asians <laughs> represent slash Paizo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about my my proudest moment. It's not a show-related thing though, but it's Ross Rifles isn't a fucking museum. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 
Is that a fucking museum? Like, if you go to my Twitter right now, uh, a friend of mine who lives in Ottawa went to the exhibition and took some pictures. Ross Rifles is in the museum. That it's a national, a nationally funded museum. The Canadian War Museum's gift shop stocks Ross Rifles. That's amazing. A museum gift shop is selling my TTRPG, which is bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. I actually just um, pulled I'm going it up to be... on Twitter. I'm like, I gotta see this, and this is. Super yeah, cool. it's, it's it's a good place for it. It's so cool. And then my fucking face is in the exhibition. Yeah. It, and like and I know where it is in the exhibition. It's a prominent place. You have to walk past my face. You cannot skip my face when you go to the <laughs> exhibition. It's fucking and I I had no hand in where it went. They also asked for my picture. I didn't think it was gonna be on something like that. I thought it was gonna be like a screen off to the side. No, it's like a whole ass thing. You open it up, there's a screen inside, and it's like me sitting in this chair talking i i'm gonna say the picture that they chose based on what i'm seeing like these are the kinds of pictures that people put up in museums so like it's the only good picture i have of me and it was taken by amar and it's the picture i use for everything for everything um i need a new picture i need a new picture of, of myself um but yeah that's probably my proudest personal achievement of the season I uh, and it's the first time my parents were like, "What about anything?" I oh, that one hits. Right, right. But anything I've done in gaming, that's the first time. And uh, yeah, I want to somehow f- convince my parents to go to Ottawa with me to go to the War Museum, or at least convince my dad. I don't know if my mom would. Hopefully, hopefully, once the Wandering Blades is out, you can like. Take them, take them to dinner on money made from, from games. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I want my parents used to go to conventions with me all the time, um, like several a year. Like my mom has gone to so many anime norths, like so many anime norths uh, with like young me. Oh my, oh my uh, god, my 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 dad when my sister was still too young to walk on her own at SakuraCon. But she she was cosplaying at that point, and like he would, if people wanted to take pictures, he would hassle them. It was so funny, <laughs> so cute. Like, yeah, like, are these pictures going up on the internet? What's this for? <laughs> <laughs> my my mom used to bring. I think they still have this cooler. It's this purple, huge purple cooler, and it has wheels. And my mom used to like wheel this cooler around the convention. And when we'd go through the comic book artist alley, because back then, Fan Expo Canada used, was not as corporate. And there used to be an artist alley that's just for comics, not just like anime, prints, and charms. Um, it was like comics artist alley. And I used to go and see all of my favorite artists there and stuff. And my mom used to walk around and hand out like peanut butter and jam sandwiches. Oh my gosh. Artists. And she developed this like reputation as like the Asian mom of the con. That's adorable. <laughs> Is it, yeah, it's adorable, and it it led to comic book fans would would know why this is such a big deal. Um, it led to like two really big Asian interactions with my mom and a creator. One was with Jim Lee. Um, so if you folks like don't know who Jim Lee is, uh, Jim Lee, he wasn't he didn't have this role back then, but Jim Lee is the chief creative officer of DC Comics. Uh, and he, like, he's done a lot of stuff for like Marvel, DC as like, he's an illustrator. Um, 
But my mom met Jim Lee and was talking to him and didn't realize who he was. And was just like, oh, it's just this nice Asian guy asking him like what he did and stuff. I was like, oh, your art is nice. Um, <laughs> and so my mom had a really wholesome interaction with Jim Lee. And she had another really wholesome interaction with another artist named Frank Cho. And Frank Cho liked my mom so much that he did an illustration for her. And he is known to never do like one-off illustrations for fans. At least at the well, time. That's the thing, like, and my mom was... came out with this like thing and everybody was like, what? She wasn't, she wasn't there as a fan though. She was there as like Asian con An mom. Asian mom. And like. Asian con mom. Yeah. That's important. So I, I want to be able to take my parents to see my gaming stuff now that I'm working in the industry. And every time I have gone into a game store hoping that my stuff would be there, it's been like sold out or something. And my mom is just like, I bet they just never had it in stock. Oh, no. And I'd be like, Candlekeep Mysteries, please. <laughs> um, I, f- I found Candlekeep Mysteries on rare occasions. Um nice usually only like one nice. less though at that there's there's gonna i i'm i'm really excited for tian Sha to be in stores i'm very excited for that to be in stores because there are so many people who worked on that who are going to get the see their name and see their product on a shelf and then there are going to be a ton of people who are going to buy those products and be introduced to all of these awesome creators i am so hyped and i hope paizo sells a fuck ton of those books like we're a market the shit out of it for free i guess um <laughs> paizo please um but like i hope they sell well because i hope that shows paizo and the industry at large that projects like that can do really well um so yeah very hyped really excited and um, I can't wait for us to do more Asians represent stuff together. Yeah, and I think, and I think that's a good place to to end this stream. Uh, I'm sure we're. I need to make dinner, but typically after these streams, we we go and just at least Emma and I we go and hang out in the Discord server uh, and, and play games and, and chat with folks. Yeah. Um, so. If you folks are in the Discord server, we'll see you there. If you're not, head to uh, aznsrepresent.com. And we have like an application uh, you could fill out. It's real quick so you can get into the Discord server. The reason why we have that is so, you know, we uh, we keep things safe. We don't want our Discord server to have like a ton and ton of people because we don't want to compromise the feeling of safety that people have in the server. Um, so that's why we have it uh, as like. Like about to work for mods like me. <laughs> and- Sometimes me, yeah, mod by title. Well, then, Daniel, Daniel um, the way you set it up, you kind of like you just hear about everything after the fact. Yeah, I'm like the reason why I have mod on uh, my mod role on the server is because if I take away the mod role for myself, it shows me as the sole owner of the server, and I and I don't I don't want that. So I was like, I'll be a mod. Um, so that's why. But I hope to see folks in, you know, in the server. And uh, if you get a lot of value out of Asians Represent, make sure that you, um, you know, show up and uh, join the conversation. And uh, we'll see you folks next month for No Dice, No Problem in audio format. 
We'll probably do some YouTube stuff, but uh, we won't have Asians represent until after Big Bad Con. I think the first episode of the next season needs to be a Big Bad Con episode. Um, And that gives us a two-month break. Um, But we're going to just hit you with a truckload of content after Big Bad Con. Because it's going to be like... some, Some plans together for my anime and gaming episodes. I'm thinking like, oh, do I want to film like a vlog, like an Asians represent Big Bad Con vlog? And just like, I don't know. Do I have to plan shots? Do I have to plan transitions? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I did a lot of vlogging when I was in China. Um, yeah. like, too much. There's going to be a lot of potential content happening at Big Bad Con. Yes, it's, it's going to be great. Work you want to do? <laughs> don't get to go to Big Bad Con all that often. So I'm going to put in a ton of work. And then every night, it's going to crash <laughs> in our hotel room. It's going to be great. I might even I might even work myself so hard I fall asleep and miss free run while we're watching it. Oh, well, that's God. the thing. We're going to do that's it exactly crunchy, so we'll do, do it when everyone's awake. Emma has Emma has seen this, but I am known to just like clock out. Like I remember, and we'll end on this. I remember we were flying out to China once, and I think this was with you. We were mid conversation as we were taking off, and I just fell asleep. I'm Probably. pretty sure this was with you, but. I have this. I have the ability to sleep anywhere. You should be grateful it is my, for that. It's a very nice ability. It is my. That. It is my in the world of My Hero Academia. It's my quirk. I can sleep anywhere. <laughs> I have the worst one. I, I just sleep anywhere. Um, but I can sleep anywhere. I can sleep standing can sleep up. Anywhere, yeah. Should you sleep where you have slept? No, but you can yes. sleep anywhere. <laughs> I can sleep anywhere. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Uh, but anyways, this is a health concern. It, I'm not narcoleptic. Okay, okay. I'm not narcoleptic. No, yeah. no, no. I just, I just. What I'm a like concern in that he works himself so hard that he can pass out like that. But yes, it's not a sleep condition. It's, not, it's certainly <laughs> it's not a, a health sleep condition. concern. Just not that kind of health concern. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's it's more of like a well-being concern in that, like I somehow can make myself feel comfortable enough that I could sleep anywhere, even if it's like potentially dangerous for me. So, hey, we were at like, yeah, hey, you anyway. see him at Big Bad God and he's asleep, but just maybe wake him up. Just we'll, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, we, will, we will, we will do a group watch of free run and we'll make sure that you are up for it. I, yeah. I am, I am very good about making sure that everyone gets involved and is included. Just a swift poke in the side and let's be like, huh. Well, if you're sharing your room, someone, like, I can, I can send someone to go drag your, drag you over. Oh, it's. Oh Daniel yeah, where's Chewy Daniel? <laughs> Drag like, hey, me. Steve, yeah, we you, got uh... fireman carry me. <laughs> oh, I I bet Drew can pick you up. Drew can one hundred percent pick me up. <laughs> That'll we'll probably have to do a picture. Yeah, um, no, no problem picture. <laughs> no, no, no problem. Maybe we'll do it. We'll record it, and I'll be on Drew's shoulders, and we'll record the podcast <laughs> that way. Oh my god. Oh, anyways, um, yeah, we will okay. see all of you next month for No Dice No Problem. Well, you won't see us, but you'll hear us. If you want to see us, um, you can be uh, one of our amazing patrons because patrons get access to No Dice No Problem in video format. Uh, you get extended cuts, you get an exclusive theme song performed by and produced by Drew Kwan. It is. Most excellent. Liana, I will send it to you afterwards so you can yeah, listen I, to I it. I need to hear yeah. this thing. 
it's so fucking good. <laughs> um, but we have our own theme song. We have our own graphic illustrated by Jeremy in crayon. I love I it. I might add. <laughs> um, it's on our Twitter. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to see us next month, we'll be doing No Dice No Problem on Patreon. Videos go there. Audio of No Dice No Problem will be on our main feed. So you'll get that in, into your ear holes. Um, and we'll see you folks at Big Bad Con, whether it be in person if you're attending, or you'll see us uh, when we return with season five of Asians Represent. Um, thank you folks for joining us, and thank you for our special most honorable sponsors, Metal Weave Games, the best company in the world, Valorous Games, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> um, uh, Michelle, Stefan, most honorable times to Epic Impulse, Bob C., and Brooke Bright. You folks are awesome. I realize that the most honorable sponsor section of our Patreon is basically just like really cheap ad space. It's insanely cheap <laughs> ad space, um, which I'm okay with. Uh, can you imagine if it was just like a million small publishers? Um, that's what it's for. Uh, but anyways, we will uh, see all of you at the end of September, early October. Uh, we will always be in the Discord server. Uh, unless I accidentally slip up and delete the entire server by accident. But, you know, that would be... a few hilarious. clicks, so hopefully you won't, you won't accidentally that bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that said, we'll, we'll see all of you, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. The history of role-playing games is weird and wild, and we here at System Mastery are determined to look through it all. Every heartbreaker that drove a man to bankruptcy to see his vision of D&D with really specific armor maintenance rules come to fruition. Every game where you get increasingly certain as you read it that this is all just one person's weird fetish. Every system that painstakingly recreates how medieval life was really like, and then also you can cast Fireball. The System Mastery podcast wallows in the filth of RPG history. Come, join us in the muck at System Mastery.